Welcome to the Reverse Mullet Healthcare Podcast from BP2 Health. <laughs> Saying that out loud is still funny to me. It makes it, it makes it real. Did we really pick that name? We did. Yes, we did. And we did because we want to have fun while we're doing this. We want to be entertaining. And uh, of course, we also want to be relevant and informative. It's like party in the front, business in the back, like a mullet. Only reversed. Which is exactly how I explained it whenever we like sketched out the purpose of this healthcare podcast. <laughs> so that's kind of our MO, right? Yep. I'm Ellen Brown. I'm Justin Politi. And I'm Dave Pavlik. We are passionate, innovative, and collaborative. We are committed to tackling some of our industry's most pressing issues along with our clients. We have, what, 90 years experience collectively in healthcare. It sounds so old. <laughs> I know, right? In each episode, we're going to dig into a healthcare topic, and we're going to dig into each other a little bit. Be gentle on me, guys. Yeah. You, we'll you be that. gentle on us. No way. We are recording this series of podcasts in, at MMG Studios in Tampa, Florida. How did we as a group come together? And when did we know that we were going to make it? Well, BP2 Health. BP2 Health. We've been together for 20 years, but BP2 Health, not so much, right? So we started our thing. Seven years. Seven years. That's really, like, it feels I'm actually like itchy. So are you leaving? That's it. We're going to start a podcast, and then that's the end Seven of the year <laughs> Leave our legacy. Um, I remember it well because we were in the midst of, we were in our, our infancy, and we hit some stuff that we had to get through. And I remember we were in a conference room, not, not a client, just in a conference room together. Where, where, where was it? I don't think I'm supposed to say. Can I say? I don't know. Delaware? Yeah, we were in Delaware. Yeah, we were in Delaware. That's probably all we have to say. And there were burner phones involved. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> and then, and we were in this room where the, the folks that were sort of helping us navigate all this felt that we should be very serious, right? Do you remember this? Like, yes. we, we should be like really serious and. So what did we do, Dave? Somebody came up with a great idea of how to get serious. <laughs> I think it was we, you. What, what we watched. Because we were in there for hours. We were like, hold up for hours. We fired up YouTube and found some episodes of The Office, right? <laughs> we did. And I, and we I, were sitting on the floor. We were like little kids on the floor. like Watching, watching. sharing your laptop. Yeah, everybody huddled around one laptop laying on the floor. It was the one where Dwight did the fire alarm drill and got everybody... Uh, to evacuate, or, I wish we could and it was supposed to be in this right calm and mild way, and every no, as as no, in, in my, as is true form with the office, it goes into utter but, chaos. But my favorite part was when Angela threw her cat into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> she reaches in her desk drawer and gets her cat and throws it up into the ceiling, and then what's his name? Kevin does a smash and grab on the a snack uh, <laughs> machine. And then Michael tries to uh, tries to break one of the windows, and he takes a, an office chair, and it's an unbreakable window, and he hucks it, and it smashes up against the window and comes right back at him. Yes. Yeah, but then yeah. who tries to climb? Who climbs in the ceiling? Is it? Uh, who was it? Oh, it was Oscar. Uh, Oscar, Oscar went up there. I'm going to get help. <laughs> so but that reminds me of there's a Seinfeld episode like that too. George Costanza, right? He runs through the fire, like, knocks everybody, yes, knocks exactly. little kids over, and runs out of the room. It's like completely utter, and utter, it's like utter mayhem. Point and, is, but we're all but we're, wait, we're sitting. Point is, we're supposed to be serious, and this is what we're we chose to do, and we're and, laughing and it, exactly. hysterically, laying right. on the floor. 
And it was anything but a joke, but we needed that laugh and that more than it. anything. Like, and that they to came, me was like, they came into the room and, and they, they were, were like, just what like so upset is about going it. on in here. What have you guys been smoking? Right. <laughs> right. Which, which for the record was nothing. It was, literally it was all just all right. the, the office. So, and we'll, so talking about total mayhem, what are we talking about today? We're talking about technology. Technology, yeah. But Your favorite topic, Dave. Yes, it is my favorite topic always. But first, we have a sponsor. Oh, yes. Sponsor for this series is P3 Health Partners. P3 is a population health management organization founded and led by physicians with a strong background in value-based care. Contact P3. Find out how they can help you improve outcomes, lower costs, and help to enhance the health and well-being of your patients. People, passion, purpose. That's P3. Find them at p3hp.org. I still love it when you say that we have a sponsor. I know. so cool. Makes us seem legit. I know. I know. So shout out to P3 for stepping behind us. On today's episode, we're going to tackle technology and healthcare. And there is so much tech in the healthcare industry, though. So where do we even start discussing it? Are we focused on the right tech? Are we... That'll help our healthcare system? Okay, so... What do you think I did? I dusted off the dictionary. Oh, no. Dictionary again? <clears throat> what was the name of that one that you said I should look at? Funk and Wagnall. Okay. So just for the record, when I used the Google, because I couldn't remember that name, because I can't remember any names. So anybody who knows me, if I forget your name, it's not personal. Uh, I literally couldn't remember Funk Wagnall. It was like um, I had some other thing in my head. Bantam. Yeah, that's Bantam, another one. But that yeah. was like a book series. How many dictionaries do we need? No, but okay, anyways. Bottom line, I, 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 the Funk and Wagnall did not come up as a dictionary. I do remember Funk and Wagnall from our childhoods. However, the Oxford Dictionary, Ooh. right? So Web- okay. Webster was last time. Today was Oxford Dictionary. All right. And um, the definition was not particularly helpful, although it was a bit ironic um, it is scientific knowledge used in practical ways in industry. For example, in designing new machines. Um, my favorite definition, part of the definition, my favorite part of this definition is that it says, quote unquote, recent advances in medical technology have made use of the most modern technologies. Okay. And yet, what's ironic about that, what's ironic about that is we have a disproportionately high mortality rate in the U.S. So we're, we're supposed to have, like, the most modern technology, right? Okay. But yet, when you look at our mortality rates, they're, when you put us against comparable nations, we're really high. Are those other nations they're not developed. using technology? Um, well, we've talked about this. We're not going to okay. talk about other countries. So right. I won't go down that route because they approach healthcare very differently, and we are not willing to follow that system. And Got we it. could debate that another day, but we will stick with technology. So that to say, I'm going to go to my favorite. We're going to talk about different categories of technology today. Yes. And you know, we've talked about this before. My favorite, yes, cue the wearables. <laughs> so consumer devices wearables and apps is its own category in technology. And one day I hope we get to do an episode on this because I do believe that this is where, when we talk about, talked about innovation in another episode, when we talk about that, to me, consumer devices, not, not so much the medical devices, although I understand that they are absolutely fundamental to 
progressing healthcare. But I think just the act of collecting all of your own data on your person is like money. So Dave and I are conspiring to figure out how to hack all your devices and see exactly what the reaction is to disparate, strange data. But would it, okay, and Dave could build a database for that. That's the thing. He could. But, But the thing is, wouldn't it be really funny if you did that and then the data in it showed that I did nothing? Right? Like, I didn't actually do anything. Like, you think I'm super active, but I'm not. Right. Would it, you'd be like, whoa, did or, I? Or this, yeah. Like, so you're living a double life. There you go. That would be interesting. How's she doing it? That's, know. you know. Okay. Well, so, anyway, anyway, digress. <laughs> okay, Dave. It's is a good, there, so. Well, it's a good segue into artificial intelligence. Ooh. Yeah. AI, right? Yeah. So it's most, it's most centered on reducing administrative burden. Charting. Right now um, it is. Right. That's what I'm saying currently. Yep. Uh, charting and documentation, scheduling, decision making, um, automated revenue cycle management, um, billing and coding, things like that. That's really kind of where it is today. But there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more that it can do. And I think we're just sort of cracking the really yes. cracking the surface on that. So and I think I, I think we can say with confidence that we will have an entire episode where we talk about AI. Yeah. Absolutely, because that would just take a whole episode in itself. True. Well, another component is EHRs and data and interoper- uh, interoperability. That's a big word to say. Uh, say it ten say times it fast. Interoperability. Interoperability. Inter- never mind. Interoperability. We have been, so I'm going to digress for a second. Um, my husband just got what's called, have you heard of this, a Swedish dishcloth. No. <laughs> Do tell. Do tell. So, but I want, no. I don't know how this has to do with technology. Robotics? No, no, it doesn't fit into technology at all. But I want you both to try and say Swedish dishcloth. Swedish (laughs) dishcloth. Swedish dishcloth. Swedish dishcloth. Swedish dishcloth. How did you, you've been practicing. It's nothing more than, it looks like one of, it's like a fancier, thicker version, uh, but cut smaller, more the size of a sponge, like those restaurant, thicker restaurant dishcloths. But somehow... On the Amazon, he found this said Swedish dishcloth. Did you say on the Amazon? On the Amazon, because I'm I'm old like that, and um, just like the Google and the interwebs. Anyways, I digress. So um, this is, that would be the opposite of the next topic, Dave. Robotics. Yes. Robotics. Yes. So different than a Swedish dishcloth. <laughs> <laughs> well, a robot could deliver the dishcloth to you. Yes. It could deliver to a patient in a hospital. Amazon's getting that We way. talked about this in a, in, a, in a previous episode, but yeah, robo- robotics for sure. Um, doing anything from um, delivering medicine to patients in the hospital. Think R2-D2. Could you imagine? I, I more think of Twiggy from Buck Rogers. <laughs> oh, here we go. Deep, <laughs> 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 I was waiting for this moment. That's all I have to say. I've got yes. nothing else. When you say Twiggy, I think of like the no, supermodel, and then you go Twiggy. No, it's Twiggy. Twiggy. I don't. I don't remember Twiggy. Yes. All right. So. All right. So. I think he's gonna send. This. I can't. I can't picture what Twiggy is. It Twiggy. Twiggy. But here comes Twiggy down the aisle. And he used to walk with Buck Rogers, and he was very helpful. Um, so he's Buck relied on Twiggy. Okay. So then robotics. No. So so I picture R two D two, and R two D two is delivering the medications to Apparently patients in the Twiggy hospital. Twiggy could also deliver. He could. Maybe do the same. Are thing. there any other robots that we want to bring up that no. could deliver? Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
So I was going to say it. So R2-D2, oh, here they're, we go. That's a mean robot. <laughs> I, I would not want that robot coming But he also, would, there's self-healing. But anyway, that's... <laughs> All right, so they're delivering on. medications and food and whatnot. So that's kind of... But more importantly, um, robots are performing intricate surgeries these days. They're doing things that humans can't. I mean, they, they maybe can, but the robots can do them better. Um, don't think it's going to put surgeons out of work because they have to still be there doing the operation, letting the robots do their thing. And what's interesting, and this is not, you know, virtual reality is kind of goes along with it, but um, virtual reality, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, it's scary to me, but um, that's how they're learning. That's how surgeons are learning and physicians are learning. It's like a flight um, simulator. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually doing surgery on VR, you know, with the, with the masks and they're, you know, doing a heart transplant and whatnot. Uh, through virtual reality. And if you had immediate access to your robot for primary care. <laughs> I can't even. Like when he's <laughs> talked about it now, I just think of going beep, 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 beep. <laughs> No, but seriously, like it, it, there's a there's a convenience factor. I mean, I know I'd be very comfortable yes. with a, you know, I, from primary, for a primary care provider. From a robot. Yes. But no, but Why joking not? aside. So, okay, <clears throat> let's put this into practical sense. There are a bunch of people out there writing health equity plans right now that are dealing with how do I help populations, not even health equity, we can just step out. But when we talk about disparities in, in healthcare, and it is like, right, it is one of the biggest challenges is we have so many rural areas of the country right. where there is no healthcare. We talk about food deserts, there's healthcare deserts, right? Yep. So I'm not going to make this funny because I don't think a robot's going to come down the street, but... If we could use some of the technology we're talking about between robots and AI, right, telehealth, start to put these pieces together, then, I mean, it really could solve some of these problems because these folks that live in these rural areas, they don't get health care. Right. They don't have any health care available to them. And so where do they end up? They end up two hours away via ambulance because transportation is also a huge problem for those folks. And then they end up in the ER. inpatient, right, the ER, the emergency room, ER. Right. <clears throat> no, I, I think it's a compelling, like, value proposition for rural America. Uh, you know, we just have to get internet access and, yeah. you know, to all these places as well. But Oh, and payment, and we have to sort that but stuff But the reality out. is um, building a physical plant is not necessarily something that's going to solve th those rural no, issues. No, it's not. We I, can't keep building them. I do think I read somewhere that drones can deliver medications. So there you or go. maybe they're it's going to. It's a flying to. robot. It's a whole thing. No, right. it's a dr I mean, seriously. I know, rural but it's areas his robot. Prescription drugs being dropped on somebody's front it's porch. It's like a robot on a plane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, that's a start. It's a big start. Yeah. Okay, so then the next one, <clears throat> which is kind of funny because I'm going to call it this. I... I took this topic because I didn't know anything about it. The Internet of Things. Literally. It's I called the Internet of what Things. What a fun name. Is right? it? Is it that's, that's not just the Internet? No, it's literally called the Internet of Things. Okay. Again, putting my hat on, I need to have a definition. I need to understand. So it is a way to gather data from devices and use the data to discover disease clusters and provide care more effectively. So how is that any different than a wearable? You might ask. Yes, how is that different It's from very wearables? redundant. There's a lot of confusion in this. <clears throat> but the, the way I sorted it out was if the device stands alone, 
and doesn't need another device to like get its information. Okay, so Example. I wore, I don't have it on today, but I wore a continuous glucose monitor. I don't have diabetes, but my mom does. So I was very concerned, right? I didn't always, wasn't so fastidious about my health for a number of years. And so I wanted to know what kind of damage I had done. <clears throat> I wore a little sensor that was right here on my arm, probably still have like a little mark. Um, it could not do anything on its own. It needed my phone, right, or a reader to pull the information off of it. So that is different than my watch, which collects its data and can distribute the data on its own. It doesn't need to be read from anything. So you have, so the, the continuous glucose monitor, the way I understand it, is part of the Internet of Things because it, it needs something to gather and pull the data. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is interesting, right? I'm sure yeah. I'm stepping into territory where I am so dangerous that there will probably be a bunch of people that are like, you got it so wrong. And if that's <laughs> the case, please let us know. Um, be gentle. Yes, be gentle. But I, I, think, I think it's pretty interesting, right? Because it's like these different niches that we don't talk about. Well, do we need to have a disclaimer? This podcast is not intended to... Teach you anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intended to act as like an expert. It's an opinion. To piece. diagnose or treat. See a doctor. Yeah. Yes. Right. That should be on everyone. Every All single right. podcast. Okay. Um, What's the other bucket? So this is something that we this are is where we actually very familiar with is analytics. Yeah. Um, and making sense of all the data. Um, Do we have a dictionary definition, Ellen? No, I have not. <laughs> okay. Because I assume, again, that we'll probably have a whole episode on analytics. But, you know, with what we typically are involved in, you know, there are disparate claims data sets. There are all sorts of different tools that are, you know, that our customers and clients are working with that have bits and pieces of data that on their own probably don't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Um, but bringing some of these things together, delving into how the data um, is derived um, and what you're trying to do with it, uh, you know, that is like a, a huge area within healthcare right now where you're just thinking about, um, you know, really, you know, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with the data that we have? Um, and I'm looking at Dave because, you know, Dave's the guru on our team of looking at different, different sets of data and trying to actually pretty it up and make it look yeah no, that's my job <laughs> he's, he, i'm supposed to pretty it up but dave is the one that brings it all yeah. together and goes Helen, what do you want out of this yeah what do you want to see what's what does the end user need to see right right everybody has data all of these organizations have data a lot of times they don't know what they have um like when it, ellen said or you said they're disparate systems that they're pulling data from and they've got this hodgepodge of data sets that really don't talk to each other. So, you know, you've, you've got you've to merge them somehow, right? You've got you've to build sort of a, call it a data warehouse or whatever, data lake is a, a new term um, relatively. But um, they, a lot, of, a lot of organizations don't know what to do with it. And it's not always rocket science. Sometimes there's a pretty easy solution. So, you know, it's about... It's but that's, about, not the, that's not the shiny object. No, I know. the and, shiny, and there are a lot of organizations that will tell you, that will sell you. Um, 
Well, they assistant. Oh, God, don't even. The plane that's flying, it's not even a plane yet. Like, right. It doesn't even have an engine. No, and they, no, but they'll sell you, they'll say, give. I'll yeah. take all your data, we can ingest it all, and we can give you a tool that lets you do anything under the sun that you want to do. And that's there awful. are some good systems and there are some bad systems. But um, So, okay, so before we, before, okay, because <clears throat> we don't have forever. So I'm just going to go back for a minute because we've talked about a lot of different things here. And I think the point of this conversation was, was multidimensional. But the first was technology is this big term. And again, kind of like when we talked about innovation in another episode, you have to talk about technology with your stakeholders, whether it be the board or leadership, whoever it is, right? Your external stakeholders. And you have to talk about what you're doing in technology. And again, you can just be like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I think it's important to start with a framework and say, what is technology? What is it to my organization? In these different buckets we talked about, what's relevant to me, right? So if all of these are relevant, if I'm a hospital system, every single thing that we talked about is relevant. So I need to start the technology conversation by saying, right? <clears throat> I have EHR and big data op interoperability that I have to contend with and I have to invest in. I have robotics that I have to invest in. I have virtuality that I have to invest in. I have the internet of things and I have to contemplate what I'm doing with wearables, right? So, and analytics. So all of those different cohorts, all those different buckets, what am I doing as an organization? Mm -hmm. And then I think on the flip side, if you're looking for those solutions, you have to say, if that's the solution, where does it come in? And and the problem is that, so so that to me is like a really important construct of this conversation. But then the other piece to this is where we spend our time, right? Which is a lot on the analytics side. And there's no source of truth. So on EHR, we all know who the leader is, leaders, but we know the name. Um, but interoperability isn't there. Like it hasn't been integrated yet. This is where the planes are they're being built, we think. While they fly. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, But then the thing is, the, the new shiny objects where the money goes. So we talked about this again, previous episode, operations, business models. That's where we need to be innovating. But yet we want to spend our money on the cool and stuff. Asking, like your beep, 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 beep robot. <laughs> and asking the question of what it is that you want the data to, or whatever yes. it is, whatever technology that you're looking at to accomplish. Because yes. how many times have we had people come to us with kind of one idea and then sift through the data, Dave does his data magic, right? And then 20 different questions come up that are along those lines and you start to go in a bit of a different direction. A redo. A redo. A redo. Show redo. the import. Oh, gosh. Right. Right? right. I build the model. Could we make sure this is how we want the model built? Then we run the model. Well, can we look at this other thing? But that's the thing, right? We're trying We're to help. We, you have to be able to make your data actionable. Yeah, you can't overgeneralize what it is that you want it to do. No. Right. You got to know. You got to right. know what you want it to do up front. And you got to be able to synthesize it in a way that you can digest the information and then make decisions based off of that. Yeah, part of the problem though is they a lot of times they just don't know what they have. So there's happens all the time. We do these analyses, we run the data, Ellen turns it into a a, a nice presentation and they're like, "Wow, I didn't know I didn't know we had that. Now can we 
Right. Can we expand on it? It's yes. like, yeah, we can, but. You no, know. it's an interesting point because I think everyone's looking. Kind of catch 22. The yeah. industry feels like we should have this magical solution. The white knight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that term. Uh, the unicorn. But, but somebody needs to ride in armor. and be the answer. And the, and you kind of bring up a good point, which is that you ha- everyone has their own data and everybody has their own questions. And yes, there'll be similar themes, but you do need to step outside of looking for a magic bullet or white knight and see what you have and what you what you can answer from the data that you already have. Right. Yep. Apply the right tools to answer the questions that you're yeah. that you need. And yep. and Dave, you are the master at taking data that people don't even know they have. <laughs> Thank you. But the key is making it understandable. Yeah. To and the making end, it to the end users. So right. I feel like exactly. we're getting to the boring button. So pretty, pretty darn close. Yes. All right. Okay. So thanks again for your time for listening to us. I'm Ellen Brown. I'm Justin Politi. I'm Dave Pavlik. We are partners at BP2 Health, your best chance for real change. You got it right today. Thank you. As you can tell, we could talk all day about healthcare and all of the relevant topics in it. So if you want to talk to us, drop us a line through bp2health.com. And the Reverse Mullet Podcast is produced by Henry Street Media with Kim Rittberg and Emily Newman as the producers.